This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. Kevin Smith has started multi-million dollar profitable consumer packaged goods, also known as CPG. I'll tell you that story in just a minute. Brands and owns the hottest CPG agency in the United States today. Plus, he's a proud member of the Chrome Dome Club. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. I'm I'm, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I shared this with you before we started recording. When you wrote your bio, which I just read, I had to go look up CPG because I didn't know what it was. And apparently, consumer pack is good is not the only CPG out there. I actually thought it was some kind of missile. I mean, I'm like, what? I've probably been watching too much uh, violent movies on TV, but I thought it was some kind of missile. But you don't deal with missiles, right? I don't deal with missiles, and now I'm super curious. So as soon as we as soon as we are done here, I'm going to go look that up because uh, <laughs> I have to know. So I, I, we got to address the uh, the one word in your bio I really love. You you have started many multi million dollar profitable CPG brands, and the reason why I want to I want to emphasize that is I don't remember how long ago it was, but I thought a millionaire was a millionaire. Okay. I thought that's great. And then about four or five years ago, I think before I started the podcast, I could be wrong. I was a pizza delivery guy while I was, you know, growing my business. And I would deliver pizza to like gated communities with the yacht in the front yard or Lamborghini mansions. They'd order $200 of pizza and they'd give me a buck tip. And I used to get really angry at this. And my wife said, just because they have a lot of nice things doesn't mean they're wealthy. And then I found out that if you have a million dollars in the bank and you owe a million dollars, your net worth is zero. And and so I really love the fact that you said profitable because who cares about gross? We care about profit. How much money do we get to take home or pay our employees with or, you know, or help charities with? So I think that's a really key word to hone in on. Yeah, it's actually, it's a really interesting perspective that you brought up there. Profitability is important. I think, you know, even in my, in my own brand, something that I learned is that I'm really, really terrible with scaling a business and and growing it to that really big thing. A lot of people maybe judge success of the business because they've had a huge exit later, kind of like making it to the NBA or, uh, but for me, the sweet spot has been, you know, um, a certain kind of revenue level, maybe 15 employees, but very profitable where I'm not having to manage a hundred people. As soon as we try to scale, I've, I've always found that I'm not, I'm not the best at that. So yeah, profitability, very important. Um, it is hard to reach. And, and for me, kind of the smaller, highly profitable business is my favorite place to be. Now, when I became an entrepreneur back in July, 2005, after my corporate job fired me and I was angry at the time, I'm very thankful now. I made the mistake of thinking that number one, if you build it, they will come. That does not happen. It so does not happen. And the other thing is, I thought the solution was, is going out and spending money on coaches and courses and going to conferences. Those are good, but they've got to be the right courses, the right coaches, the right conferences. So I was just like doling out money like the money man. And then I got broke. I went broke because... I was throwing all this money out and I didn't stop and think that all coaches are not created equal. All books are not created equal. All conferences are not created equal. And I've been telling you on my journey and been uh, other entrepreneurs I know, I'm like, Hey, before you spend money, stop. What do you need? And then go out and research. What's the best way to get that. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I've been on a very, a very similar to you, right? In the, in the beginning of um, having, having ideas and then, and then seeing there's so many people that say that they can help you solve the problems that you're facing. And, uh, and so spending a lot of money on that, right? And, and not doing the research or I found for me, the, the simple best way to navigate that is um, usually recommendations. Now, when I see that thing on Facebook being advertised to me or any other channel that's like, hey, we've got, we've got this, you know, we're going to fill your thing up with leads, you know, contact us in this conference. We're going to show you how to do it. My BS meter goes real high and, um, and, and I prefer more natural, right? More natural of somebody, hey, I work with this person. It was really fantastic coaching or, or, or you know, um, consulting. That's where I start to, to bring a lot more trust into it. I, I agree with that. And I'll give you a recent example. I have decided to go big on TikTok. And the reason why is Facebook and Instagram basically is saturated. You have to pay to play. And I reached like 11,000 followers on LinkedIn. It kind of stalled. So I, I started learning how to use TikTok. And I almost spent $300 for someone who could say, who can teach me how to get the 500,000 followers on TikTok. And right before I pulled the trigger, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do I want 500,000 followers or do I want the right people following me? And I pulled back and I said, okay, why am I on TikTok? It's not to make crazy dance videos. It's not to be silly. It's to provide value to pull people into my ecosystem. And I stopped because I want, and this goes with email list too. You don't, it's better to have a small engaged email list people are eventually going to buy from you than have a ginormous email list that no one ever opens your emails. And I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs or maybe people who are in it for a while, they don't stop and think about it. What is the purpose of what you're doing? Yeah, uh, it's always, it's always, I have a kind of a, a core few beliefs for me of, of like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're just quitting your job and starting to move into kind of your first entrepreneurial adventure, or you've been doing it for a long time over my years of a lot of businesses and, and some failures and, and some big successes. There's kind of a few, few key pieces. And part of that is what you're saying, right? Like that's you, it's, it's quality over quantity. Every time you want the right target market and and be very specific to them. I think that I see a lot of people um, make mistakes sort of when um, when they think they want to go out and gather an audience, whether it's for like a service business or, or you know, a product business, and they want to be everything to everybody and get this huge audience. That's a huge mistake. It's first really finding out for me, um, my path of success is always figuring out, okay, a very specific market, what problem do they have? And how can I uniquely solve this problem so then as I move into like positioning myself or my product, um, you know, good, I always say, you know, good positioning differentiates you, but great positioning makes you the only choice. And it's really when you find that right audience, that, that quality, right, that quality audience that might be a lot smaller and it might seem scary um, because you're, you're, you're kind of alienating yourself to the smaller quality audience and, and then you, you kind of differentiate yourself correctly. You got a lot of success in there, and that's and that's kind of when we back to the beginning of our conversation, talking about um, sometimes smaller can be highly profitable. That's it, right there. You know, it's a smaller audience, but that smaller audience can be highly profitable because they really care about the problem you're solving. I read Blue Ocean Strategy, and that book really spoke to me because a lot of people are trying to gain clients in a red ocean. If you never read Blue Ocean Strategy, what that is is let's say you have a niche of productivity and everyone's in the productivity pool. Well, how can I be different 
to create my own blue ocean where there's less competition. Okay. Cause in the red ocean, everybody's eating either each other alive. You take a look at Apple. When Apple came out with the iPod, they weren't trying to replace the record player, the cassette player, the, the CD. They wanted to create something new and a thousand songs in your pocket. Go back to the model T car with Ford. He wasn't trying to replace and make a better horse buggy. He wanted a different alternative. And I think what we need to do as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, we need to go, okay, how can my product or service be different? So we're not comparing apples to apples because you look at this guy and then look at this guy. Wow, I can't compare them because they're not slightly different. There's a big gap of difference. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners suffer, suffer with. Do you agree with that? Yeah, if I can have one thing, if it doesn't matter where I'm speaking, Mark, the one takeaway that I've learned for any entrepreneur is is differentiation is going to be your key to success. I've now when I can look back over 20 years and say which products and services that I've launched have done really well and have failed, it all comes down to the ones and and my term that I use is not blue and red ocean, but now that makes sense to me. I use the term white space. And um, if I'm not carving out my own unique white space where where I can write basically what I call an only statement, like I am the only one that uniquely solves this problem my way for this specific audience. If I can't do that, I'm going to have to spend eight times as much money acquiring audience or customers. um, And it's going to be really, really difficult for me to be super profitable. It's going to take a lot of work. But when you have that, um, like you said, like the blue ocean or what I call white space, um, it makes life easy and, and, um, and, and, and launching and being successful at that business can happen very rapidly. It's everything in my opinion. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. One of the things I really like to uh, follow is what Gary Vaynerchuk says, uh, document don't create, because let's face it, there's nothing you know or I know you can't go to Google, but our unique story, our unique spin on things is unique. So what I try to do, and this is one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of TikTok, I post on TikTok four to six times a day, I'm just documenting my life. And in the beginning, people are like, oh, who cares? This is Mr. Productivity. Who cares? But now more and more people are watching my videos. It's like, wow, this guy is, he's not one of these very artistic, crazy people. You know, I know I don't talk about the C word and I don't mean that C word. I mean the C word that's all around the world right now. I don't talk about the V word because number one, it can get you censored or banned. Number two, it's how does that fit with my brand? I mean, how am I going to say, oh, if you get the C or you get the V, you're going to be, you know, unproductive. I, I, so I really, I stay away from that kind of stuff. What I try to do is I give productivity tips, but I also share my journey. This is what I struggle with today. This is my successor today. And you know what? I know people are going to find this hard to believe, but Gary's right. People are fascinated by your story. They want to know your story. How did you get from here to here? How are you working through the struggles in your life? Because I have this theory, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this. I think Pareto's principle is alive and well today. I believe 80% of people are struggling, and only 20% of the people are really know what's going on. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I don't think you see that. I think social media, um, it, it kind of paints the picture that most people are living fantastic lives that are better than yours, uh, which is a problem. <laughs> but um, but really, if you look behind the curtain, I mean, I see it all the time. I think it's the 80-20 rule is definitely in effect there, and it might even be even more skewed than that. 
Why do you think that is? Why do you think people, instead of saying, hey, listen, I, I'm trying to build my tribe, to use Seth Golden's words, or I'm trying to build my podcast or build my CPG business or my service business, why do you think, instead of saying, look, at, I, this is how I'm struggling, these are the lessons I'm learning, like Gary says, you know, to, to document instead of create, why do you think people go on Instagram and Facebook and the other platforms and go, I got it all figured out, they're in front of a, a, a private jet that they found on a runway that's not even their own, why do you think people are, are so, I don't know, ashamed or scared of telling people the truth? Yeah, it's funny. I just I ran across this company the other day that was uh, trying to solicit me where they, they rent private jets for you to do a photo shoot in. I'm like, that is the worst <laughs> thing that I've ever heard in my life. Like, that's the last thing that I ever want to do is pick up a $1,000 so I can take some pictures like I'm flying in a private jet. Come on now. <laughs> and uh, and it's inter- I've actually thought about this a lot because I see it. There's people um, that I know that I've worked with and I know how their brand or their product uh, whatever it is, is really struggling. But if I look at kind of how they act online and, and, and it, you'd, you'd think they are worth $40 million. I think that um, maybe the, the, the culture and, and kind of how we've grown up, especially um, in, in the age of social media ego and, and our, the definition of success to, is kind of like, Hey, um, we don't like uh, we don't like failure as much, and so um, they think they think that, and I believe it's really wrong that you have to show this status and how successful you are to be accepted, and you don't. I would agree um, with uh, with Gary V or what you said yourself is people actually deeply care about the journey, and and I think that's way more authentic, and you will connect with so many more people if you're real and authentic about where you are. There's some great examples that I have, like um, people on LinkedIn that I, that I follow and I invest in one of them. And, and I've just simply found her in her product because she'd post about it like, hey, I'm having this struggle today. Guys, can you give me advice instead of being fake and how successful she constantly is? And eventually, you know, it, um, I think that uh, that worked well for her. But I, I, I much prefer realism and being authentic than what you see everywhere today. Mm. That that is so refreshing. I remember, uh, I think it was 2019. I posted a video on LinkedIn that said, you know, I was fired from my job at 2000 in July 2005, and between July 2005 until that point, somewhere in the summer of 2019, I had only made a total of forty thousand dollars, not per year, total. And I said, I just want to let you know that I'm struggling. I got a very supportive wife who goes out and works, so I can play entrepreneur. And I was amazed the number of DMs I got that says, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one that's struggling. I'm like, no, there's more of us struggling. The problem is nobody's willing to admit it. And if I can admit that, hey, listen, I'm still trying to figure things out and I can help someone along the way and go, phew, I thought it was just me. I think I've done my job. I think I'm doing a disservice to these people if I act one way, because you used the word authenticity. I love that word. If you be authentic, then you're going to attract more people. But if people find out that you're just, I don't know, it's like a mirage in the desert, they're not going to trust you anymore. Yeah, I've been guilty of it, though. I'm going to lie. Like the, uh, you know, kind of the, the first business that I launched was really successful. The second one wasn't. But um, you would have definitely, uh, if we would have known each other, you know, 16 years ago, that um, I definitely probably wasn't out there um, talking about talking about my challenges. And, um, and it was probably you would think that company would have been very successful from the way that I talked about it. Looking back, it was the wrong approach. Um, but, but I kind of uh, I definitely fell into that trap then, too. 
So as a very successful businessman now at this point, August 5th, 2021, um, what are some of the things you struggle with today? Yeah, I think that, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question. I think there's a few ways that you can approach it. Like from a business standpoint, something that I've always struggled with and I, I've never been great at, um, is, is, is scaling, right? That's, that's just from a business thing. I'm not great. Uh, I'm a person that's great with vision and opportunity and capitalizing on that, but like scaling and, and getting more people and managing it terrible. So that's just a problem that I've always accepted. And now I'm about high profitability in, in smaller niches on a personal level. You know, I think that it's, it's interesting. The thing that, uh, the thing that probably gets me the, the most, and I did not even know this was a term until like two years ago is imposter syndrome. Uh, it's, it's real and alive. And sometimes, you know, uh, it, let me give just a tiny bit of backstory on it. Cause I think that it'll make more, more sense when I talk about it is I've always been somebody who's had my own product brands that you could, you know, buy in, you know, GNC or Walmart or Whole Foods. And, um, and, and then along the way, when I was selling my last company, brands would call us, call me and say, Hey, um, like we saw what that brand did when you launched it. Like, can we hire you guys to help us? So I started an agency. Um, and it is, it, the agency is, is, um, doing things differently than any other agency in the world today. Um, and that's what makes us unique. Again, differentiation. I have complete white space there and we stay booked up constantly, but I've never owned an agency before. And my competitors are these huge agencies, you know, that are, you know, they're $700,000, million dollars a project, the Pearl Fishers, the Red Antlers. And, um, and so I constantly not coming from this background. And I know that that's who I'm going up against. I do. I have that. I question myself. Am I actually that good, um, that I should be competing on this level? And that's uh, and that's a real thing that I deal with a lot. I think imposter syndrome is a real thing, and I think if people uh, dismiss it and say it's not for me, you might want to take another look at yourself because I think we all do that. Uh, even though we know you should know, you shouldn't chase the likes, the comments, the follows. You should concentrate on serving people. We all do it. I mean, I look at my downloads from my podcast, and I really shouldn't because it's not important. So I'm glad you brought up about the imposter syndrome. So what are you excited about? I mean, we're halfway through 2021. 2022 is going to be here before we know it. What are you excited about in the next couple months, next couple years? That's a that's a oh, that's a good question right there. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I've actually thought about that. It's been such a it's been such a strange year all around from everything being out of stock, but yet businesses a lot of businesses being, you know, highly profitable, right? If you're in the, if you're in the CPG world, right? I mean, people are, are spending more than ever over there, I guess. Um, uh, and so for me, um, a lot of these changes um, have been, uh, have been actually very positive. I'm excited. I'm excited to see once supply chains normalize, right? This has been a kind of in, in, in my industry, um, uh, sourcing and shipping and supply and all this. This is why everything's out of stock everywhere. I'm excited for this to get back to normal um, and to actually start launching some new brands. This is um, I've been I've been on the kind of agency model, just working with you know large brands, small brands for years now. But it's um, I- I'm ready to get back into launching my own brands, and so I'm hoping to do that in the next year. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. 
Now, I normally don't talk about politics on this show, but we need a bald president in the White House. I, I think bald people are really smart people. I mean, I don't and don't not dissing any of you people with hair, but I think we need to have a bald president. What do you think about that? I'm with you. I mean, it's like looking into a mirror right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and the thing is, if I would never run for president ever. OK, because by default, half the world hates you. But if I did, I would never wear a three-piece suit. I would show up and I would show up like Gary V, you know, because I got work to do. I, I'm not going to do in a suit and tie, you know. No, I'm going to be there in sneakers, jeans, and a shirt because we have work to do. And I know it's not politically correct, but I would also like to see our Congress say if you, if you, and this, this will never happen, but that Congress says, hey, you can no longer run for run for Congress or president if you've ever been a lawyer okay we need some common people in there who speak common languages (laughs) no lawyers (laughs) oh my goodness so is there anything else on your heart that you want to share with us today uh that you think the listener would get value value from yeah i mean i'm a you know I'm, i'm a lifelong entrepreneur and i know that's kind of um you have a lot of audience that that is, and I think that um, you know, if we just we if we just go back to that that one little bit about about differentiation, and 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 I guess that's where you know I would like to stress that I think that anybody listening to that, especially somebody somebody really kind of starting out and, and developing their business, and maybe thinking about quitting their job, or or it's they're doing it on the side right now. The most important thing that I really believe that you can invest in um, is 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 spending time on finding exactly your audience and, and narrowing that down and not being afraid to, um, to, to go very, very, very niche and realizing that, you know, you're not going to reach everybody. That's okay. And really kind of narrowing it down to a very specific audience and then figuring out how you can be different. And that's tough, right? Sometimes that takes a very long time, depending on what your thing is. Hey, I want to sell a battery. A battery is just a battery. No, there's a way to make that battery special, whether it's at an emotional level or it's at a features level with product development or, or, or you know, you personally, your own brand development. I think that um, the big takeaway is I see, I see, I talk to so many entrepreneurs out there and, um, and they really do believe if you build it, they will come. And that's, um, and that's, a, a usually not the case. And, um, and so focusing really on, on, um, finding the right audience and the right differentiation can, is going to be the most, uh, important thing that you will do, uh, for your business. One of the things that came to my mind as you were talking there is we need to go back to the basics. I think it's funny, not funny. I think it's interesting that every time there's a training camp for football, soccer, basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter. They go back to the basics. Tom Brady's been playing uh, in the NFL since Jesus walked the earth. And yet he shows up at training camp. He throws the ball. He takes the, the, the ball from center. And I think so many people are interested in the advanced techniques. Meanwhile, their foundation's shaky. And I think on a regular basis, we need to go back to the basics because if you don't have the foundation set, those advanced strategies are probably going to fail you. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. It's all, and, and, and even, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, most successful companies out there that you see super strong grow with, with right now for them, it all started with the foundations. And I don't care if that's as a personal brand or a product brand. 
Um, those, those basics, like I mentioned, audience positioning, the kind of problem that you're solving uniquely, those are the things that matter the most. And that's going to be your brand, whether you're, you know, a person, uh, or a service or a product, that's the heart of everything that you have right there. And, and from that essence should be everything you do should tie back into that. And that's when, that's when I see true success for companies these days is when they can own that. That is so powerful. Right now I'm working with a mastermind and one of the things that we're defining is why you should invest in us because we were stuck in that. We built that no one came and now we're going through, okay, why? Cause that's a big, that's a very powerful three letter word. Why, why should someone hire um, Kevin? Why should hire someone hire Mark? Why should someone hire Susie? Why? If you can't answer why you need to figure that out because people are not going to hire you just cause you have a, um, a website and you can sell a product. So I'm I think- curious. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, go ahead. In your, in your mastermind, when you guys are talking about the why, where do they, um, where do they usually take that to? And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give an example because I'm curious is that, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the why question. And, um, and, but a lot of times you're like, Hey, why do you, you know, why, why do you exist? And it's like, Oh, to make a better tasting cracker or to, um, to help somebody sell more of something. But that's not a really good why you really want to back that up to like a, a psychological need. Right. Well, for me, what's interesting is my mastermind group will say, you know, we dug in the why, because I used to think, oh, I want to help people be more productive. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, for a while, I'm going, uh, because they want to No, why? And, and, and I went and spent some time alone with myself and thought about it. And the one thing that my clients come to me for. They don't ever say, I want to be more productive. They kept saying, I am so overwhelmed. I am so overwhelmed. I am so overwhelmed. I kept hearing that over and over again. I'm like, wow, no one ever says I want to be more productive. They say I got too much stuff to do. And so I'm like, wow, there's something to it. So I started listening to these people and started putting it in my marketing because that's the words they're using. Yes. If that's their condition, that's what I should be saying. And all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, you're the guy who helps people deal with overwhelm. And I teach the same thing, but it's not the, it's not the core stuff you teach. It's what language, what words are people using to look for you? Once I got that, I mean, like the angels in heaven song, the light bulb came out like, oh my gosh, it's not about what I teach. It's about the results. And I think that is, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and that's the thing people struggle with the most, but I got a widget. I got a service. Yeah. You understand the value. But do the people you're attracting, do they understand what the outcome is? And that is so key. Oh, man, you just nailed it. Exactly. I know I like and I like the example you gave with your own business because that is that is spot on right there. That is and that's that is, that's the foundation right there of, of, of what I like to think of audience. That's like what, what's their problem? Right. Like that's it right there. And you start looking at those words that they're using. And I'll, I'll give you like my example for, for my business, because I think two examples is good here. So yep. for the agency side, um, when we started that, it was like, hey, people would you know hire us for um, to help them develop their brands. But then as we I'm like, why, why are we not using our own like tools here? Let me start asking why. And it's like, why are they hiring us? Well, they want to sell more product. Well, well OK, but, but like why? And as you dig down into it, really. What it is, is for me, my, my company is, is I, I, we work with mid-cap brands and brand managers. The real driver is the brand manager doesn't want to look bad in their organization. They um, don't like to assume risk. 
They don't want to lose their job. They want to be promoted. These are the real reasons they're hiring us. It's not to sell more product. It's because they have these core psychological things that if they make a bad choice and hire the wrong person, all of these things come true for them. So then we change the way that we messaged out there um, to use, like you said, those words, right? The agency that reduces risk for brand managers. And all of a sudden it went crazy. It was that, it was that difference that you just talked about right there of finding out what the real problem is. Um, and, and then using those words in, as you, as you develop marketing and it changes everything. Wow. Well, you gave us a lot to think about today. I learned something. So I know my audience wants to know where can we go to find out more about you and the dent you're putting in the universe? <laughs> Thank, thanks, Mark. Yeah. It's uh, smashbrand.com. Real easy. Wow. Smashbrand.com. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you for not only being a fellow member of the Chrome Dome Club, thank you for being on the show today and sharing the insights with us. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.